Welcome to the Dear World Podcast, the place where if you drink your water and you mind your business, you'll be just fine. I'm your host, Miss Amber J. We're all family here, so nothing is off limits. New episodes air every Tuesday at midnight. Do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. Don't forget to turn on your notifications so that you will be alerted whenever a new episode has been posted. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to Season 3, Episode 9 of the Dear World Podcast. We officially have one more episode left before we take a two-week break. Then we're going to jump right into Season 4. I want to hear from y'all. What did you like about this season? What did you dislike? What do you want to hear more of? Do you have any questions that you want answered? Do you have any businesses that you think I should spotlight? I really need y'all to tap in because I want to talk about things that you guys want to listen to. If you want to know more about me and my personal life, just let me know. I am an open book. Email everything to dearworld.amberj at gmail.com. I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. It's kind of a personal episode, but I think it's also something that a lot of people can relate to. Baby, let me tell you, I'm a little congested, so excuse me if I'm breathing hard like Darth Vader. Now, this has nothing to do with the actual episode, but I went to go see the photograph, which came out on V-Day. Um, that was an excellent movie, an excellent portrayal of Black love. If you haven't seen it, go see it. And the soundtrack, baby, is hitting. Per my usual, my thoughts are not organized. However, everything that I say will connect and make sense. Lately, I've been having a lot of epiphanies about myself, and I feel like 2020 is a year for me to walk into who I am, for me to accept who I am, and for me to take accountability for my actions and for things that have got me where I am present day. It's a year of healing, and it's a year of growing, and I feel like for me that started last year as well, and this is like the continuation. So growing up, I was not really an over an overachiever unless it came to my scholastics. When it came to school, I tried my best to get good grades, but I wasn't big on trying new things. I wasn't very social, um, and I don't think I was very outgoing when it came to life. I always have been a hard worker, but I wasn't the type of person that traveled a lot. I wasn't the type of person that played sports or anything like that, I kind of have just been mediocre my entire life. And I'm fine with admitting that. I'm fine with taking ownership of that. It wasn't until I got older, I can say like 25, 26, that I started to look at life through a new lens. I wanted to travel more. I wanted to experience more. I started to try new things. um, And I've tried to project myself in different fields to get different experience just trying to get a better understanding of what my purpose is in life. And a lot of this, I realized, came from my childhood. My parents didn't push us to play sports or to, you know, join different clubs or anything like that. My parents have been supportive of things that I've wanted to do, but they never, when I was a kid, they never put me in anything. And I think that's why I, as I got older, I was content with that. Um, but now it's just like I have a desire to try new things. I have a desire to see the world. Um, and that's something that I had to sit down and kind of take a look at and figure out. So the point behind me saying that is we can only blame our parents for so long. Once we're 
adults and we're able to make decisions for ourselves and to move how we want to move and to plan our lives accordingly, we have to examine who we are and we have to decide, okay, my parents raised me to be this person. Do I want to be this person? Do I want to tweak certain things? Are these the morals and values that I want to stand on? Is this the the type of life that I want to live? Um, That's up to us. And we oftentimes want to keep blaming our childhood for the way our adulthood is. But we have every opportunity to change, you know, who we are as we continue to progress in life. So with that, I've tried to examine pieces of my childhood and pieces of my adulthood to connect those pieces, um, not only to understand why I am the way I am, but to also break myself and free myself from some of the things that have been embedded in me since I was a child. One of those things is being social. I've never been extremely social. I'm still not extremely social, but slowly but surely, I've been trying to put myself in more social situations. Now, I will admit a lot of times people get more no's than guesses when they ask me to go out or to do something. Um, And I've also come to the conclusion that I have some form of anxiety, some form of social anxiety. So now that I know this, I'm working on moving beyond it and just putting myself in a position where I'm not I'm not going to say I'm afraid to be social, but just putting myself in a position where I'm comfortable being social, where I'm comfortable being in a room of people that I don't know, where I'm comfortable getting to know different people, because right now I'm not comfortable doing so. Another thing, um, I never like to try new things. I've always been comfortable with who and what I've been comfortable with. So I've been trying to experience more. That includes traveling, trying different foods, trying just different ways of doing things because I realize I'm one of those people that's kind of stuck in my ways. And not to say that anything is wrong with my ways, but there's also nothing with trying, you know, new... I'm I'm stumbling over my words. There's nothing wrong with trying a different way of doing things. Um, so those are some of the things that I have been working on and just fully taking accountability of who I am as a person, instead of trying to hide from who I am or running from who I am, just fully, you know, acknowledging this is Amber and accepting that. And if I don't like certain things about myself, like the social aspect, um, working on changing those things, because I feel like a lot of us wear a lot of different faces and different facades. And I don't want to be that way. I want to be the type of person I can move accordingly depending on the crowd that I'm in, but I still want to be able to be grounded in the person that I am. I also realized that I make a lot of excuses when it comes to me doing things for myself. I'm quick to do things for other people. I'm a very generous person. Um, I will give my time to people when they need help and things like that. But there were several things that I wasn't doing for myself or that I wasn't purchasing for myself that I really wanted, even if I was putting my time and money into others. So for the longest time, I wanted a MacBook. I kept telling myself it's too expensive. I don't have the money. And granted, they really are expensive. But I broke down and brought one because I realized I'm putting X amount of dollars into this and X amount of dollars into that and X amount of dollars into things that are just miscellaneous that I don't have to have, but I'm not putting the money into something that I really want. Also, um, I kept making excuses about going to get my passport. I don't have the time to go. It's $200. I don't have that right now and things like that. 
And it's like, okay, it's nothing to save $100 out of every check or just to take $200 out of one check and go get it. And it takes like 15 minutes. You have 15 minutes out of your day. So I went to do that. So just dedicating more time to myself and the things that I want and the doing the things that are going to project me to where I want to be in life. And I'm pretty sure the end of 2019 and early 2020 taught me this. It was definitely the type of guys that I was dealing with. But to not allow other people to make me feel uncomfortable or to allow other people to make me feel like I have to hide certain parts of myself or to hide who I am. Um, If you don't like the person that I am or what I represent, then I'm just not for you. But at some point in my life, I definitely would try to water myself down or hide certain parts of myself in order to appeal to other people. And it's just like at this point in life and at this age, I'm not doing that shit anymore. Um, I'm not going to hide behind who you want me to be. I'm going to show you the real. I'm going to fully be myself. And if that's not okay with somebody, then that's not okay with somebody. Because I can remember it was this one guy and he was like, I don't like women that wear wigs. I don't like women that wear makeup and all of these things. So I tried to portray myself like I wasn't the type of woman that did that. But it's like, no, fuck that. If you don't want to talk to me because sometimes I wear a wig or because sometimes I have weave in my hair or because sometimes I want to put on makeup for myself, then I'm not the woman for you. And then I have some guys that are approach me. Oh, I don't like big girls, whatever, whatever. So why the fuck are you in my face? Because it's obviously apparent that I have weight to me and I'm six feet. I don't. I don't know what, you know, what is to be expected out of those situations or by somebody telling me that. But beyond that, if you can't get to know a person for who they are on their interior, then shit, you're not for me anyway. So just basically not watering myself down to be attractive to somebody else or to make somebody else feel comfortable about themselves and what they have going on. Nope, fuck all of that. And in all honesty, I can't blame other people for me doing that because that just came from me not being confident and comfortable in who I was. I also had to break myself of comparing my life and my progression to people around me. Like J. Cole said in Love Yours, no such thing as a life that's better than yours. I used to really beat myself up about certain things because I was comparing my life to other people around me that were my age. Oh, they have kids, they're married, they bought a house, they've traveled to the places that I wanted to travel to and things like that. The grass is going to be green wherever you water it. So I had to focus on watering and fertilizing my own lawn and to stop comparing myself to other people and just remembering and putting into perspective that everything that's for me is going to be for me regardless if somebody got it before me. And also understanding that what's for other people might not be for me and vice versa. And this is why I tell people sometimes to take a break from social media because social media is a breeding ground for things like that. You really do start to compare yourself to people when you're constantly watching their stories or constantly watching what they're doing, where they're traveling to, their family, what they're wearing, down to the food that they eat. You can't allow that to taint or take away from your life. And start to get into that mentality like, oh, their life is so much better than mine and their life is so much more interesting than mine. That's not the case. Their life is just different from yours. So that was something that I really 
had to work hard to free myself from because I used to really get like depressed comparing myself to other people and just upset that people my age were doing things that I wasn't doing or that they were accomplishing things that I hadn't accomplished. And I really just had to sit myself down and be like, Amber, your life is not their life. And the path that they're walking is not the path that you're walking. So it took a lot for me to just finally learn how to be happy with my life and the direction that my life is going. It took a lot, like a lot. But the crazy thing is, that's a double-edged sword. Because at the same time that I was doing that, comparing myself to other people, I will also project myself onto other people and question why people weren't doing some of the same things that I was doing. Oh, you 20-something years old. Why don't you have a car? You're 20-something years old. Why don't you have your own house? And it's just like, whole time, you're doing to other people what you don't want done to yourself. Or you're... You're making other people feel how you feel when you look at other people's lives and you're comparing yourself. So I literally had to train myself out of doing that. And sometimes I still catch myself doing that. Like when somebody tells me that they don't have a driver's license, it's like, why the fuck don't you have a driver's license? Like you didn't even take driver's training. Like you've never had a driver's license. So I have to reel myself back in and remember that what I do in the path that I'm walking, everybody is not walking. All right, let me tie it all together to make it make sense. Basically, I wanted to highlight my toxic traits, but also how I've taken accountability for those things. We often speak on toxic things or toxicity, but I rarely hear people talk about taking accountability. For those of you who listen to the Dear World podcast on a regular basis, you know that I love articles and I love articles as a way to kind of back up my point. So I found this article on Forbes.com. The title of the article is Four Ways to Take Accountability for Your Actions and Why So Many Don't. It's by Kathy Caparino. I probably pronounced her name wrong as I often do. So the article basically starts off with... Um, how you can see accountability in your actions. And then it jumps into four ways to actually take accountability for your actions. So the first is stopping your tracks and ask yourself, how am I contributing to this problem? Instead of thinking that your current challenges are all about what someone else is doing or factors outside of your control, accept that you are 50% of this situation. What are you doing, thinking, and saying that is sustaining this problem? How can you shift your behavior and do something very different from what you normally do? To intervene in this chronic pattern of conflict, it's been said that if you are unhappy about a situation, you only have two choices. Change the situation or change your feelings and thoughts about the situation. It's time to change what, it is, what is happening by recognizing your role in it. Number two, look at where you feel most hurt in life and get help to heal that. Take a long look this week at the deepest hurt you harbor inside. The hurt may be from your early childhood or from a traumatic event in your life that left you crushed that you have never healed from. Recognize how this hurt is playing out over and over again and understand that you are what your childhood taught you to be unless you've healed and unlearned it. And remember, wounded people wound people. So make sure that you are as healed and healthy as you can be. 
pause for the cause. Number two of the four is my favorite. And let me reread these lines in case y'all didn't catch it the first time. The hurt may be from your early childhood or from a traumatic event in your life that left you crushed that you have never healed from. Recognize how this hurt is playing out over and over again and understand that you are what your childhood taught you to be unless you've healed and unlearned it. Number three, the next time you do something wrong and apologize, make it a real apology. I love the work of the renowned relationship expert and best-selling author, Dr. Harriet Lerner. So many therapists and coaches around the world have learned so very much from her insight in writing. In an eye-opening Forbes interview with Lerner in 2017, she shared about her powerful book, Why Won't You Apologize? And so many people apologize in ways that create further hurt, harm, and damage. Lerner shares that if you add a caveat to your apology with words like but or if, you negate the whole thing and cause more harm. For example, if you say, I'm sorry I missed your party, but I was busy, or I'm sorry that I yelled, but you provoked me, you'll communicate that in fact, you are not sorry at all. Lerner teaches us this. It's not the words I'm sorry that soothe the other person and allow them to feel safe in the relationship again. More than anything, the hurt party wants us to listen carefully to their feelings, to validate their reality, to feel genuine regret and remorse, to carry some of the pain we've caused and to make reparations as needed. They want us to really get it and to make sure there will be no repeat performance. And lastly, number four, recognize how you are being toxic to others. In 2014, I wrote an article on LinkedIn about six toxic behaviors that push people away, how to recognize them in yourself and change them. It went viral, more than three million views. And I was truly floored by the thousands of comments and private responses I received about the piece and about people's new understanding of their own toxicity. I was extremely moved and inspired to see these thousands of people take deeper accountability for who they are today. They took a brand new look at their own behavior and saw often for the first time that they were acting like the very people that they disliked intensely in their own lives. People were cruel, self-absorbed, obsessively negative, needing constant validation, and overly reactive and hurtful. While it's often painful to see ourselves the way we are versus the fake veneer version of ourselves that we try to put forward for the world to see it's also extremely liberating because we finally understand that we're the very ones who can transform our lives for the better it's time to stop pawning off who we are or who we portray ourselves to be on other people it's time to stop simply talking about toxic traits and toxicity and to start being more accountable And I have to warn you guys from personal experience, taking accountability or being accountable for our actions and our behaviors, sometimes it's not easy and sometimes it's not a a pretty process and sometimes it's a lengthy process, but it's a necessary process. And then also understand in order to acknowledge your toxic traits and in order to take accountability for these things, you have to first be self-aware. Today's quote comes from Debbie Ford. Self-awareness is the ability to take an honest look at your life without any attachment to it being right or wrong, good or bad. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Dear World. Again, I'm your host, Ms. Amber J. If you enjoyed your listening experience, don't forget to rate this podcast and share it with your family and friends. As always, drink your water, mind your business.